Each spring, Pensacola Christian College hosts the Enrichment Retreat designed for pastors, ministry leaders, and church staff to enjoy a time of rest and to be refreshed by the Word of God. Today's message was from a past Enrichment Retreat keynote speaker. Visit enrichmentretreat.com for details or to learn more about the upcoming retreat. Take your Bibles turn to Acts, the 27th chapter of the book of Acts. So, uh, Brother uh, Tony, Troy, I'm sorry, was saying earlier that uh, he looks forward to one day being six foot two, and uh, this pulpit reminds me of why. <laughs> I would look forward to that as well. So, my name is John Ray, and uh, honestly, uh, there's like a, I, I love when I, when I uh, come here. Uh, so, one, one year, one of the uh, students came up to me and said, you know what? I went home and told my pastor about you, and he's never heard of you. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. Outside of 300 people in Indiana and this place, there's probably nobody else that knows me at all. But uh, anyway, okay, that's, uh, that's John Ray. Now you know who I am. But, uh, but I am someone who, uh, who has been privileged to be, uh, to be touched by the grace of God and what a joy it is to be in ministry. I love the church that I'm at. I love the opportunities God has given to me. Uh, with that, uh, there's been one message that I have been asked to preach more than once. I'm going to preach that for you today. And some of you might have actually heard it before if you've been here for 10 or 15 years. Uh, Not here. I've never preached at this event, uh, but at the school, uh, here in Acts chapter 27. And I'm going to ask you this. Have you ever had a bad day? Um, So, you know, sometimes, I I love when people do this, you know, this is the worst day of my life. And then then they describe something, you're like, that's the worst day of your life? Really? (laughs) I mean, you got stuck in traffic, I'm sorry, your hair got blown, I'm really sorry, Uh, you know, and it's like, and and it's funny how we just perceive things, like, this was, this is the worst I've ever seen, this is, and sometimes we say that, well, I want to take you to a story that really is like the worst one, it's a tough one here, uh, as we get uh, to Acts chapter 27, let's begin at verse 10, and uh, we'll uh, get into this in just a moment, and he said unto them, sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only the lading of the ship, but also of our lives. I want to stop there for just a second and say this, because I don't have a lot of time to, today to develop a lot of these, but sometimes the worst day of my life are things that I've made my problem, right? The Apostle Paul is saying, listen, guys, this is not going to work good. We should not do this. Uh, but if you read the next verse, it says, nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things were spoken by Paul. The number of times, I cannot tell you, the number of times I've had to face a really tough time that, I had, that had nothing to do with anything that God was, like, you know, God said, here's a trial you need to go. It was all me. It was all on me. God tried to warn me. He tried to stop me. And I was stubborn and rebellious and ignorant. And I said, I'm going to go this way. And I paid for it. And... Uh, it might be that that's going to be the description that you're going to have. Maybe you're in one of those situations. Uh, so I, I, I'm going to tell you this. I probably shouldn't tell you this. But um, I'm a youth pastor. I, I got saved when I was 16, and I became a youth pastor at Faith Baptist and Avon when I was 17. That's probably not wise. But they were looking for a youth pastor. The youth, the youth group is about 60 kids. And so I just, I, I needed to grow up, and I wasn't there. You know, it's one of those novel situations where, they're, you know, they're putting a novice where I shouldn't be. But anyway, having said that, I developed this idea that um, somehow I was convinced that policemen were 
simply getting in the way of God's work. And if they understood the important things of life, they wouldn't pull me over every time I was trying to get there to get God's work done. And, you know, you're laughing. I'm telling you the honest truth. So, I mean, this had gone on for a few years now. So I started that when I was 16, right after I got saved. And that was my mentality. And now I'm 22, 23 years old. And I have spent hundreds. Well, actually, we figured it up one time. I spent over $3,000 to keep my license from the time I was 16 to 24. So here's what God finally did. God said, John, I'm tired of this. You're going to learn this lesson. So I got stopped. I was, going, I was going 35 miles an hour in a 20-mile-an-hour speed zone. Who goes 20 miles an hour anywhere? It's 11, it's 11 o'clock at night. I just dropped a kid off from a youth group thing, and it's about 10, 30, 11 o'clock, and I'm going 35 miles an hour. I just want to get home. You know, I just want to get home. And this police officer stops me, and he takes forever back there. And finally, he comes back to the car, and he says, Mr. Ray, I need to ask you to get out of the car. I said, what's up? And he said, uh, well, we show your license has been suspended. He said for drunk driving. I said, I have never been drunk a day in my life, ever. So I argued with him a little bit. He goes back and he comes back. He says, you're right. Your license was suspended for drunk driving. I know I'm right. He said, but we show you've gotten too many tickets. What are we going to do? I need to ask you to get out of the car. Handcuffs, fingerprints, mug shots. I'm in jail. I don't have a dime on me. I call the family of one of the teenagers in the church. Can you come and bail me out of jail? I'm not kidding you. God said, you're going to learn this lesson or or die trying, right? So that was me. That would have been my bad day that I would have shared with you. But uh, that's really, this is nothing. That's nothing compared to what you're about to read here. Let's keep going. He says, verse 12, and because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also, that it by any means they might attain to Phoenix and their winter. In other words, because it wasn't really convenient to stay here, even though Paul said we should stay here, rather than listen to Paul because it wasn't convenient, they're going to follow other people's, other people's advice. Keep going. In verse 13, And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, Loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. So, hey, looks like we made the right, direct, the right choice because look how softly and gently the wind is blowing and it's, it's taking us right where we're supposed to be. I, have you ever been there? You know, you know in your heart you should have listened to some counsel. You know in your heart you should have done something different. But at the moment, hey, things are going pretty good. So far, so good. But look at verse 14. But not long after... There arose against it a tempestuous wind. And this wind had such a reputation that they had named it called, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, this is how I pronounce it, Eurachlodon. Let's pray. Father, as we uh, consider the uh, tempest that we might be facing, God, we pray that you would uh, intervene in our lives in such a way that we would see your hand at work. And we will be willing to trust you. And Father, we will thank and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm not asking you how you got here. I'm not asking you if it's because you were stubborn and didn't listen to advice. Or if it's because it just seemed like the way was so nice and smooth. Or maybe it's something totally different. Because sometimes God, just because he wants to teach us a lesson, allows trials to come into our lives. But I have learned 
that sometimes what I think is a bad trial, in perspective, is nothing compared to something else. And so some of you are going through some trials. But there's, I, I love how the Lord works because uh, Brother Troy Dowell, Dowell, am I saying that right? Dorel, Dorel, thank you. Um, switched what he was going to preach this morning. Did you catch that? And it really fits. With, so I, God has a theme going here. I don't really know why. I'm just going to tell you that God's done whatever he's doing. So it probably tells me that there's some people sitting here. And you either are in the middle of this or you don't know it, but you're about to be. And there's a, there's a trial that is a Eurachlodon. It's not going to be like anything else you've ever gone through. It's going gonna, it's gonna to challenge you every step of the way. And I want to show you through the scripture how you can get through this storm. And so let's kind of walk ourselves through it. And that's literally what we're going to do is just walk ourselves through the scripture. In verse 15 it says, And when the ship was caught and could not bear up unto the wind, we let her drive. First thing you notice about this, this storm catches you. And it takes you. And you can't bear up. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm going to give you an example of a couple of storms that people have been through that I do know. Uh, a couple of them are very personal and a couple of them are uh, people in our church. We had a young, a young uh, family come to, well, uh, teenagers, young teenagers come to our church, sister, brother and sister. And um, when they came to live with us, they were being brought by their grandmother because their mom and dad had both been in jail for using drugs and abusing drugs. And this is kind of their life, all right? So grandma brings them to church. And uh, these young people, they get saved. And, I mean, it's, it's fun to watch as they begin to just grow in the Lord. That's, that was fun. So they're living with Grandma and Grandpa. Mom and Dad are kind of out of the picture. Uh, Dad's living with Grandma and Grandpa, too. That's, uh, I will say that. But uh, Mom's gone completely. So the other Grandma dies. This is like shortly after they come to our church. Dies. And uh, so... We are, I'm doing the funeral. They don't have a pastor. I'm doing the funeral. I do the funeral. The day of the funeral, their mom, this is the mom's mom that died, their mom dies the day of the funeral. After the funeral's done, she has a massive heart attack because she's abused her body with drugs so much, and she dies. So three days later, I'm doing another funeral. So here's these two baby Christians whose life is just a mess, and they're in the middle of a storm. And I'd like to tell you that's where it ends, but I'm just going to give you the, the first parts of these storms as we go through. Another one is uh, my son. My son's in Bible college. Not now. This is at the time. And he, by the way, everything that's said in this room stays in this room, right? <laughs> Whatever. I don't care. So anyway, uh, and uh, he, wants, he wants to get married to this young lady. Um, he's, he's, we feel like he's too young. And um, we just don't feel it's a good fit. So he calls us up and asks permission, and I say no. And um, he's an adult. He can do whatever he wants, right, at this point. But I say no. Three days later, he calls me up, and he says, Sorry. Can't talk about my kids. I should have known better than this. He says, I hate you. You've ruined my life. 
slams the phone down. It gets worse. I'll tell you about that in a minute. I've got a daughter. She goes to Bible college. Her expectation is, because we've taught her this kind of, go to Bible college, meet the one you're going to marry, go into ministry with them, and that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Bible college ends. She's not married. And she says, Dad, now what do I do? What am I supposed to do? This is, the expectation was, now she's talented, she's, she sings like you wouldn't believe, she can play the piano like you wouldn't know, and, and she's beautiful. And I'm not just saying it because I'm dad. She's beautiful. And you think, what in the world's wrong with these guys? And uh, that's what everybody's asking. What's wrong with those guys? I don't know. I don't know. So that's the beginning of a Eurachlodon for three people that I know. But let's keep looking at the Eurachlodon. Maybe you're going through one. Maybe it's something that you can understand. It says in verse 17, when, which when they had caught, taken up, they used helps, undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into quicksands, so they were driven, strike sail, so they were driven. Now listen, this storm comes, and it's like, wow, that's a bad storm. No, no, no. It's a bad storm that leads them to quicksands and having to let the, let the, let the boat drive. This is an incredible storm. It's, it's something that they've never been through before. And maybe that's the kind of storm you're facing. You're like, wow, Pastor John, this is, you, you don't know what my life is like right now. Or maybe you know someone who's going through something, and you can begin to relate. Sometimes this bad day turns into something even worse, and it begins to intensify. Look at verse 18. And being exceedingly tossed with the tempest. What does it say? What's the next three words? The next day. Hey, listen. This, didn't, this wasn't like a normal storm, right? Most storms last couple hours, we're done. This, no, 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 the next day, the next day, the Bible says, they lightened the ship. Now, if I could give you anything as a way of advice, if we're going to get through this storm that we're going through, one of the things we have to focus on is let's lighten the, lighten the load. You know, I mean, we're in the middle of a storm, and how many times in the middle of a storm we were, we were bad enough that we made the wrong decision and entered the storm to begin with, and now we're still so stubborn that we take on more rather than, it's time to lighten the load. If we're going to learn how to, how to make it through this storm, we've got to figure out some things. And one of the things that they did was to lighten the load. Look at verse 19. What's it say? The third day. The third day. Oh, wait a minute. This isn't just some little storm. This thing's lasting. So let's go back to Brandon and Olivia. They lost their grandmother, and then they lost their mother. They're living with their grandma and grandpa and their dad. Their grandma, who's the backbone of the family. She's the, she's the Christian. She's living for the Lord. Grandpa's a no good. Dad's the druggie. And that's who they're all living with. Grandma gets cancer. Goes to the hospital. The hospital makes a mistake, admits it in surgery, and kills their grandmother. So the one person they have that they can count on is now gone. Wow, it's tough. Let's go to my son for a minute. A week, one week to the day 
after he slammed the phone down saying, you've ruined my life, his girlfriend posts on Facebook that she got engaged to someone else. And my son is reeling. I mean, he is devastated. My daughter. These are all separated by years, you understand, but my daughter says, I don't know what else I'm supposed to do, Dad, so I'm going to go get my master's. So she goes gets her master's. Guess what? At the end of her master's. What's a girl who feels that God wants them in the ministry to do without a husband? And she's like, Dad, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. She's beginning to, uh, to doubt God. If God's so good, if God loves me, these are tough. These were difficult things. And we're staring them down without seeing an end in sight. That's where we are in Acts chapter 22, the third day. We cast out with our own hands. Earlier they lightened the ship. Let's, take, let's get rid of the stuff that we don't need. But you know what they're doing in the next verse? They're getting rid of stuff that they need. We, we cast out the tackling out of the ship. We're doing everything we can to survive this storm because it doesn't look like we're going to make it. That's where Brandon and Livy are. That's where my son is, J.D. That's where my daughter is, Mia. They're, they're struggling. They're barely keeping their head above water. They're facing a God that they don't fully understand. And dad's asking them, pastor's asking them to trust him. This is a challenge. It's a challenge. Keep going. Verse 21. I'm sorry, verse 20. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared. Stop for a moment. When you're out in the water, now I've never, I've never been out on a ship. Well, I've, been, I've crossed the uh, Irish sea one time. But, so you're out there, you see nothing else, and you're out there at night. Do you know the only thing that gives you hope and direction? Sun, moon, and stars. That's what gives you hope and direction. Oh, look, that's east, that's west, uh, that's north star, all those things. That's, but take all of that away. And what have you lost? All hope. Right? You've lost all hope. I mean, God promised that he would bless me if I would serve him. And I've chosen to go that direction. And my girlfriend got engaged to somebody else. And I still have found no one to serve the Lord with. And my mom's gone, my grandma's gone, my other grandma's gone, and I'm stuck with this dad and this grandpa, and what am I going to do? Can I take you to the next step? One month to the day after she announced her engagement on Facebook, she got married. My son, he's done. He's done. He is so um, hurt and confused and bitter. He's struggling. My daughter graduates. She goes to work because she doesn't know what else to do. Brandon and Olivia, 
They're living with their dad and their grandpa. Grandpa dies. I preached that funeral. Can I tell you this? A year and a half later, Brandon came home and found his dad dead on the living room floor. And I'm saying to these teenagers, I'm saying to my son, I'm saying to my daughter, you can trust God. Hold on. You can trust God. But they're losing hope. The sun, moon, and stars have just disappeared. And they don't know what to do. And they're at a loss. I love God's sense of humor. Take a look at verse 21. After a long abstinence, long time of being quiet, Paul stands in the midst of them and says, Sirs, you should have listened. Right? But I love verse 22. Here's God's sense of humor. But now I exhort you to be of good cheer. (laughs) The wind is blowing. The sun, moon, and stars are gone. The ship is going the direction we don't want it to go. But be of good cheer. I, I love God's sense of humor. But he goes on to say this. There's no loss of man's life. Among you. We're going to lose the ship. Listen to what he says. But of the ship. Does that, make you, does that make you feel better? Be of good cheer. The only thing that's keeping you alive is this boat, and we're not going to have it for long. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that one. I mean, honestly, I feel like Paul saying to my kids and saying to Brandon and Olivia, God hasn't, God hasn't surrendered you yet, right? Be of good cheer. You're, not, you're going to survive. And they're like, How? They can't figure out the how. Take a look at verse uh, 24. Saul's still talking. Paul's still talking. Fear not. God's saying to Paul, fear not, Paul, for thou must be brought to Caesar. Verse 25. Wherefore, sirs, Paul saying, be of good cheer, for I believe God. Do you believe God? In the middle of the storm, do you believe God? Well, you might till you get to verse 26 and 27. Howbeit, we must be cast upon a certain island. Verse 27. But when the... Oh, my. The 14th night. I mean, it started. It was the worst thing we'd ever seen. By the third day, we have no sun, moon, and stars. We've lost all hope. And 11 days later, we're still in the middle of the storm. What are we supposed to do? It's the 14th night. It just keeps on going. The Bible says, and we were driven up and down in Adria. About midnight, the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country and sounded and found 20 fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again and found it 15 fathoms. Then, verse 29, fearing lest they should have fallen upon the rocks. Yeah, I think it's about time to be afraid. Wow. See, now this, this storm is driving them into even further danger. I mean, they're about to be driven on the rocks. You know someone, or maybe you, you're like, I've just about given up hope. Pastor, it's hard for me to believe in God. It's hard for me to trust him. And now this God that you're telling me to trust is driving my life into the rocks. What am I supposed to do? 
How am I going to survive this storm? Let's keep going. They cast four anchors out of the stern. I love this. And wish for the day. Lord, just get us through this night. Have you ever been there? And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat into the sea under color, as though they would have cast anchors out of the foreship, Paul said unto the centurion and to the soldiers, Except ye abide in the ship, ye cannot be saved. Now I want you to see verse 32, because I cannot imagine how difficult this was. Do you know the last little thread of hope they have is that little boat hanging off the side of the ship. Our only hope is to get in this little boat because this ship is going to go down. This ship is driving into the rocks. And Paul says, don't leave the boat. And I cannot imagine how much courage it took for verse 32. Then the soldiers cut the ropes off the boat and let it fall off. How am I going to get through this, Pastor John? At some point, you and I have got to quit trying to figure out the issues on our own and completely abandon ourselves to a gracious and merciful God who loves us and who will get us through the storms of life. He will. He's promised. We need to run to the rock that is higher than we are. And we need to run to the the name of the Lord, which is a strong tower. And find our hope and our help in him. And quit trying to get ourselves through this storm in our own strength. Under our own power. How am I going to survive this storm, Pastor John? Well, Paul says, you got to stay in the boat. It is not time to quit. It is not time to leave your ministry. It is not time to walk out on your marriage. It is not time to surrender your children. It is time for us to trust God in ways we've never been able to do before it's a challenge it is it's not easy and i'm saying to my son son god hasn't god hasn't given up on you he loves you my son and his wife are making me a grandpa next month well in may two months praise the lord different wife right different different girl he didn't marry that one that he was asking and begging and thought that it was awful but You think he's disappointed? My daughter got married last July to a man who's going into the ministry with her. What a joy. Brandon Livia, still in our church. Teenagers being faithful, growing in the Lord. Olivia's on a missions trip with the teenagers right now. Brandon's getting ready to go into the military at the end of the month. So you pray for him. He's going to need it. But God has been faithful in the lives of those young people. And God will be faithful to you and I. We've got to stay in this boat. And we've got to trust God. And it's time for us to take away our own workings, cut the ropes, and let the boat, little boat fall. Quit trying to hang on to our own way of doing things. Let's keep going. It says, Paul says to the centurion, except these abide in the boat, right? I'm sorry, go down to verse 34. Wherefore, I say unto you, take some meat, for this is for your health. For there shall not an hair fall from the head of any of you. 
When God brings us through a storm, this is how he does it. God says, listen, if you'll stick with me, if you won't panic and jump ship, if you'll stay in the boat, when we get to the other side, you're going to see just how great I am. God will show us something. It's an amazing thing when God does a work. And so these people who are being called upon, they're unbelievers. They're being called upon by Paul to, uh, to do this. I love verse 35. Take a look at it. And when he had spoken thus, he took bread. Can you imagine this? The boat is about to go under. The wind is still blowing. There's still no sun, moon, and stars. They've lost all hope. And Paul says, let's pray and thank God for food. Right? Thank God for the provision he has made. Because guess what? God was taking care of my son all along. And we needed to see the provision God had provided. And God was taking care of my daughter. And God was taking care of Brandon and Olivia. And God's taking care of you. He has not abandoned you. So in the middle of the storm, we can thank God for what he has done. But it's not over yet. He goes on to say again, and they were all of good cheer. Wow, so it takes some meat. But wait, wait, verse 38. We're just about through this thing, right? Well, hold on. Verse 38 says, and when they had taken enough, they lightened the ship. They cast the wheat out. There's nothing left. They have taken everything, the stuff they need, the stuff they want. Everything's gone. Lord, we have nothing left but you. Nothing left but you to depend upon. You have to get us through this storm. That's where they came to. Verse 39, and when it was day, they knew not the land, but they discovered a certain creek with a shore. And they were minded, if possible, to thrust the, sh- thrust the ship into that creek. When they'd take up anchors, they committed themselves into the sea and loosed the rubber, uh, rudder bands and uh, hoisted up the mainsail to the wind and the shore. And falling into some place between two seas, they ran the ship aground and it remained unmovable. That would be okay. Verse 42, the soldiers said, hey, it's time to kill the prisoners or we're going to be in trouble. But the centurion, isn't it great that the centurion actually learned his lesson? Earlier, the centurion, nevertheless, ignored Paul and did what everybody else said. Now the centurions, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim cast themselves into the sea and some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that most of them escaped. Is that what it says? What kind of a great God do we have? So it came to pass. This ship has broken into pieces. And the pieces of the ship are what God uses to get them out of this storm. Folks, I don't know what kind of storm you're facing. I don't. But I'm convinced after this morning's message that there's some storms being gone through right here. I've watched people go through storms. I've been through some storms of my own, but I have to be honest, compared to the others that I've mentioned, whew, I, was, uh, I was 12 when I went through my first storm, but I hesitate because I wasn't a Christian yet. I was like most of the people on this ship. But God used the storm to bring me to his son. So when I'm 12, I'm the baby of six kids. My mom and dad have been married for 26 years. My mom left my dad 
and marry my dad's brother. And my life went into a storm. But God used that storm to drive my life to Faith Baptist Church in Avon, where I heard the gospel again and again, and this God who is faithful and long-suffering, after three years of hearing the gospel, finally one day, June 5th, 1977, as a 16-year-old kid, I got it. And I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. My brother got saved, and he's a Baptist preacher. My sister got saved. I have two older siblings that have not yet made a profession of faith in Christ, and the other, the sixth one of us, was he died when he was five before I was born, so I didn't know him. So that storm, which was difficult at the time, God got us through it. I'll tell you the end of the story. is kind of interesting. Fifteen years, my mom was married to my dad's brother. My dad's brother got saved. My brother, my other brother, led him to Christ. He got cancer and died of cancer. And a year and a half later, my mom and dad remarried. So after being married for 26 years, they were married another 17 years before God took my mom home. My mom had gotten right with God. They were backslidden Christians. They knew better. They were just backslidden Christians. I didn't know that because we quit going to church when I was just a little kid. I didn't know we were Christians. Well, we weren't. We weren't, but they were. My mom got right with God. My dad got right with God. And when my mom died, 700 people came. And I believe they came because they wanted to see what we were going to say. <laughs> what in the world do you say? And my brother and I are the preachers, and we stand up and we say, let me tell you a story about the grace of God. Because that's what it is. God takes the storm, and ultimately he brings us through unscathed. Not a hair of your head will be missing. What a good God we have. You've been listening to a message from the Pensacola Christian College Enrichment Retreat. You're welcome to pass this message along to others, but we ask that you do not charge for it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. If you're a pastor or ministry leader, Join us for the next Enrichment Retreat and experience a time of physical rest and spiritual refreshment. To learn more, visit EnrichmentRetreat.com.